I said, how's everybody tonight? Amen. Y'all shake somebody's hand real quick. Welcome to church tonight. So we figure this thing out. Good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Cooper, I need to monitor or something, brother. Test 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. How's everybody? Y'all did not stand up and go shake your brother and sister's hand. Let's do that real quick. Come on, everybody, get up. If somebody's not getting up, shake them. Shake them. Shake them. What is that? Okay. We're good. All right, let's take some prayer requests, guys. Amen. Hallelujah. Good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Cooper, what are you doing? Test one, two. Sound good? How do I sound, Cooper? I sound good? All right, praise the Lord. Noise, would you make sure, Nolan, Nolan, would you make sure the kids are in the right spot? Amen. Remember, your kids... Uh, you're responsible for them. Make sure they're in the right spot. 12 and under, go to the Lamb Center. 11 and under, go to the Lamb Center. And everyone else goes to youth. Amen. Let's take some prayer requests tonight. Amen. Please pray for Brother Todd Jordan. He is singing at a revival tonight. Amen. It's been a beautiful, beautiful blessing for us to be a part of that revival. I, I want to say this. You want to see how appreciative you really have it at your church? Go to another church for a day or two. You'll see how blessed this place really is. Our band got up to sing that first night, and then people sat there on their hands looking with their eyes wide open like, what in the world just took place? But by the time the Holy Spirit got in it, man, they was up in their seats and dancing and having the best time in their lives. So <laughs> praise God for that. Amen. So praise God, our band, Next Level is the name of our band, so they were doing a wonderful job. I'm excited about that. Prayer request. Miss Granny, John and Betty. Yes, ma'am, Michelle. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're looking for a good place to go for AA and NA, Monday nights at 7 p.m., Caney Creek Cowboy Church. Make sure you're, you're there. Amen. Bobby who? Oh, okay, amen. Anyone else, guys? Miss Linda? Miss Glenda Nixon is getting better, but she still needs our prayers, amen? Please keep Christy Schroeder in your prayers. And her daughter, Bailey. 
She's in room 662 now. She just got moved. Also, keep uh, Brother Tim in your prayers. And there was a young young cowboy that uh, is in a coma, and they've had to take off half of his his uh, his brain, his scalp, uh, uh, at a rodeo this weekend. Fifteen years old. So, uh, so I saw Miss Connie put that on the prayer list the other day. So, uh, please, please pray for that young cowboy, Renee. Praise God. Amen. 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 Keep Jody Howard in your prayers. Miss Augusta. Brother Vic. Pastor Lambert's wife. I think her name is Teresa. Is that correct? Teresa, keep her in your prayers. She has cancer. We're believing for a miracle. Alto. Brother Carl. Miss Sarah. Miss Mary. Unspoken. Mary. Amen. Praise report. Hallelujah. Brother Mike had put together a couple of songs that Mary had sang the other night on a CD for, and it just turned out just so perfect, those two songs. And Mary sent one to all of her brothers and sisters, and she called with that music playing in the background. What was the name of that song? I'm Not Alone. She called with that music playing in the background, just bawling, saying she was cancer-free and thanking the church for praying for her. So what an awesome testimony. I looked over, and for the first time, my wife was crying in the truck, and it wasn't because of my driving. And uh, I was happy about that. Amen. Libby. Amen. Amen. Miss Beverly. Uh, Cindy. Sam. Amen. Praise God. One of our members, Richard. Him and his wife love them to pieces. Rachel, girl. For your mother, Connie. Anyone else? Janae? Uh, What's his name? Yes, ma'am. Amy? Mary Ellen? Anyone else, guys? Miss Heather? Jimmy? 
Brother Dave, where are you at, Dave? Dave, would you get up and go see what Bella's barking at, please? Uh, yes, ma'am, Cynthia. Christy, I mean. What's his name? Jim. Miss Allie, girl. Anyone else, Sarah, girl? Y'all might be grandparents when they get back. <laughs> They've been married for a month and they ain't even had a honeymoon. Y'all might be in trouble when they get back. Little Carl Starr running around. Don't give them a leather jacket put on. <laughs> Terrible. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Barbara and Larry still moving. Keep them in your prayers. Miss Connie. That was a tragic. Yeah, let's keep that church lifted up. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Well, we might have to move that dog down to the other end of the property because my ADD will kick in and I won't be able to preach tonight. <laughs> so what kind of dog is it? Lab mix. Uh, so if anybody's looking for a good dog, check it out. Do you mind moving it down to the other end if you don't mind? I wasn't really kidding. I'm like really not all here. <laughs> so, But come back to church. We love you. We try to find your dog at home. Hey, Cindy's always looking for another dog. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else, guys? Anyone else? Mary, what did you want to say? Please go put Bella. Well, you got to sing, and then, yeah. God is good. Huh? Come on, somebody. God is good. Man, I just went the last two days to a revival at Grace Community Church where an 87-year-old pastor got up with as much conviction and passion as I got and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was one of the most amazing things that I'd ever witnessed in my life. Please continue to pray for Pastor Gene as he is in the pulpit tonight at Grace Community Church. He got on a plane. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. 87 years old, put his three-piece suit on and got on a plane in Atlanta, Georgia and landed in Dayton, Texas and is doing a revival. Man, God can use you. Quit telling people that God can't use you. If God can use him, he can use you. Amen? Man, they scared me to death, though. I didn't know if I was going to go, but I wanted to go support the band. So I said, I'm going to go. I didn't feel good. I hadn't felt good all week. And, and we got over there, and uh, I wanted to sneak in, but they saw me, and, and Mary and them said, come over here. And I went over there, and I sat down, and, and Todd came and got me and wanted me to meet the pastor of the church and the evangelist, uh, Dr. Gene. And we went over there, and they said, come here real close. Come here real close. And I said, yes, sir. He said, I don't feel good. I've never had to do this before, but I'm probably going to need you to preach. 
I snuck in. I sat down in my chair. I didn't have a Bible, folks. I was ashamed of myself going to a revival without a Bible. <laughs> but I gave my Bible away in my truck the other day, so I didn't, ain't replaced it. I didn't have a Bible. And I grabbed Miss Ona's or Miss Vicky's Bible. One of them had a Bible. And I said, give me that Bible. And I couldn't remember a sermon I'd ever preached in my life. And thank God they didn't call on me that night. But, man, we had a good time at that revival. And we saw six people get saved last night. And Cooper's, one of his youngest sons, Hunter, last night gave his heart to Jesus. Now, let's celebrate that tonight. Come on, somebody. Let's celebrate that. Hallelujah. Stand with me tonight as we pray tonight. God is good. I sure missed y'all this week. I want to thank Danny and Brother Nolan also for filling in while I was gone. Amen. You know, good help's hard to find. I'm not saying they're good help. I'm just saying they're hard to find. Both, everyone said you guys did an amazing job. And, you know, God has just laid it on my heart not to hire anyone, but just train up the people that I got, you know. And God is just really calling and equipping Danny and Nolan and several others. Brother Bick will be preaching for me in 2037, I think he said. <laughs> Brother Bick said, God didn't call me to preach, man. No, I don't call me to preach, you know. But, uh, you know, God, God's going to use all of us, every one of us, maybe not to preach, but maybe to do something else. Who knew Ellen would be such a great bass player? Who knew we had help in the church where we have help, you know, and and I would like to say thank you, Corey, for coming tonight and keeping your word, young man. I'm super proud of you tonight. Bless you and your friend there. I pulled Corey out of the mud yesterday, and he said, what I owe you? I said, you got to go to church. And they're here tonight, so I'm super proud of those young men for keeping the word. All we really got, folks, is our word, you know. Amen. So let's pray tonight. We're going to take up our other's offering tonight. Our other's offering tonight will not stay in this church. The money that we collect tonight is going to go to Heaven's Army. It's going to go to, to support their women's ministry. They have been given a house that is going to be a, a rehab facility for women that are coming right off the streets. One of the rooms there, one of the rooms in that house is going to be sponsored by our church. And I'm super excited that you and I will be able to partner with Heaven's Army as they get these ladies. It's not just drug addicts. It's also prostitutes, women that are being abused and beaten. And, 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 and Lenore has a heart for them. And we're going to get her to come speak in our church in just a few weeks and tell you about this awesome ministry. Me and Mary went over there a couple weeks ago. We cleaned the house and we prayed over the house. And, and God has laid it on my heart to sponsor a room there so there's several different rooms in that house and churches are going to be sponsoring those rooms and over one door is going to say this room was sponsored by caney creek cowboy church how cool will that be brothers and sisters so <clears throat> we got to fill that room up with furniture and, and we don't want secondhand stuff we want to get these ladies something nice something new we want to have nice and new bed linens we want them to when they come there they want to stay a while that's not Lenore that's me 
I want them to be proud of where they live. Let me say this. I just bought a new home, and my friend said, you better love it because if you love it, you'll be proud of it. And if you're proud of it, you'll take care of it. So we're going to sponsor a room. It's going to have new stuff in there. It's going to be exciting. You ladies are going to be a great big part of that. Amen. It's going to be part of our ladies' ministry. So be in prayer about that. And let's give tonight to Heaven's Army. Father, we thank you tonight for those that are on this list. Lord, Lord, I miss my church and my church family. Lord, I, I, I was so glad they were praying for my son this week and got to see my son just try his hardest and come out on top. And I'm so thankful, Lord, you let us win so often. Lord, Lord, you are a good God, Lord. Lord, thank you for all the kids that were showing this week, and Father, all the ones that excelled, and Father, for the ones that maybe not have placed as high as the judges wanted on the place, but Father, they did their best, and they put their best effort forward, and I know that you're proud of them as we're proud of them, Father, because those kids are first place to us at this church. Come on, somebody. Those kids are first place to us at this church. It took a lot of courage, took a lot of time, a lot of effort for them to get behind that stuff and, and do that stuff. So we're very proud of the youth of Montgomery County. And Caney Creek Cowboy Church wants to do so much more. I believe that one day we're going to have a facility over here that's going to house their animals and be able to be a show barn. And we'll be partnering with Caney Creek High School and the other high schools for kids that want to do FFA projects and stuff. Who believes that with me tonight? Say amen i believe that's something that's going to come to pass lord i believe it's going to come in order when god wants it to be here lord i thank you so much father for the, for the many 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 different resources in our community that are helping change people's lives lord lord we lift up heaven's army to you tonight we lift up lenora and her family father as they're on the front lines and lord we know you're working there and we want to be a part of something that's working working for you lord and anything that is not of you, Lord, remove us from. I said anything that is not of you, Lord, remove us from. Let us follow your direction, Lord. Father, we pray, Father, for the ones that are sick, the ones that are shut in. Lord, it just breaks all of our heart to see Miss Nixon there in the hospital, Lord. But we believe in miracles, and we believe that you're going to bring us bring her back to us that lady did probably five ten thousand eggs all by herself she was just as good as gold on easter and then the next week she's flat on her back but lord we believe that you will rise her out of that hospital father we know these things sometimes take time but we don't lose hope lord father we pray for our sister christy our sister christy has gotten underneath an attack and i know why because she set up the people to do our concrete work and the enemy threw stuff at her, but we believe that she will rise again like you rose again, Father. Father, we pray for those in the house of God tonight that are hurting, that are sick, that are scared, that have different problems going on. Lord, we pray for the lady to find a good home for her dog. I can tell just in her spirit, Lord, that just kills her and tears her up. Lord, she has to get rid of it. But, Lord, we believe that maybe somebody would take that dog and give it a good home. Lord, we love you. We love the animals that we have. We appreciate the animals we have. Lord, as we give tonight, would you, would you just uh, let us all sow into your work, Lord, as, as what we have to give, Father. We give not with a, a grudge on our heart, but we give because we just want to see change. We just want to see hope. We just want to see you in other people's lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Miss Mary, Miss Ona is going to come sing for you guys tonight. Amen.
trust him The more that I love him Nothing good for me he'll deny The longer I know him The better I can show him I couldn't stop now if I tried Oh, we get sweeter As the days go by It gets sweeter As the moments fly His love is richer Full of sweeter, 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 sweeter as the days go by. The moment he saved me, his good grace he gave me, he placed his love down deep in my heart. It's a great joy in knowing with him I am going, and never more from him to depart. Oh, it gets sweeter as the days go by. It gets sweeter. Love is richer, deeper, full of sweeter, 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 sweeter as the days go by. Oh, it gets sweeter as the days go by. It gets sweeter as the moments fly. His love is richer, deeper, full of. His love is richer, deeper, full of sweeter, 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 sweeter as the days go by. Thank y'all for being here. Praise God. Can you can, can, do you get that feeling that you just need Wednesday night church? Huh? Does anybody get that feeling that they just need? Has it become part of your life where you say, "Ooh, I gotta go to church. It's Wednesday night. I need it." I, I know I had to come here and correct things because I heard Danny had somebody playing a guitar behind their back and stuff. So with that, cowboy, y'all, we all <coughs> it was getting it, huh? I heard that 90% of you were standing on your feet and praising and worshiping God. Praise God this week. Amen. We're doing something right. Amen. Let me ask you a question tonight. Do you ever get upset at yourself when you worry about something that you have no control over in the first place? Do you get upset about some things, maybe some news, maybe a certain circumstances? You forget that God is on the throne. And you start to place your thoughts and your worry on that situation, whatever it may be. You ever get upset at yourself after a period of time you just worried and worried and worried and worried? Maybe it was a bill that you had to pay. Maybe it was a doctor's report that you got. Maybe it was something with your kids. Maybe one of your friends was sick. And you just worried and worried and worried. And everything turned out okay. Everything turned out okay. And you're like, man, why did I even doubt God? Why did I even doubt God? Anybody ever done that before? Is it my alone or is it all of us? Huh? Just, we just forget that God is on the throne. God's got our best interest at heart. God's watching over us day and night. 
I got a sign. I got a picture in my house that says the Lord watches over my coming and my going. It's one of the first pictures that, that someone ever gave me. I keep it right over my bed. It says the Lord watches over my comings and my goings. But sometimes we doubt that he's there. We start to worry and doubt, is God going to help us at all? And, and, and I know that I'm not alone in this because I, I've been through some stuff in, in the ministry and in my personal life where I forget that he's in the miracle business. That if he'll do it once, he'll do it again. That if he'll do it for him, he'll do it for me. I was thinking about it. A lot of times we doubt him. A lot of times we worry, we fret, we're afraid. We hold on to stuff that we know we should be letting go because we, we just doubt that God can do it. I had a friend of mine a long time ago. She kept getting in bad relationships after bad relationships after bad relationships. And I'd always say, when are you going to let God bring the right one to you? She said, but what if I wind up all alone? You're never alone. You're never alone. I'm never alone. No matter where we go, God said he was with us. He'd be with us. I want to talk to you about doubt tonight because that kind of worry and that kind of doubt brings about fears that we don't need to be having in our lives. Amen? Anybody brought a Bible tonight? Open it up to John 20. And the church said, got my Bible? Who got a Bible tonight? Say, got my Bible. Say it louder. Let's keep that going on Sunday morning and Sunday night. Amen. Got my Bible. John 20. I want to talk about a man who doubted the Lord. I wonder why we do that. Because we're human, because we're not God, because we see things happening all around us. I talked to someone the other day that was very sick. They said, I don't want to die. I said, Christians never die. They just change residence. They leave the city of Conroe and go to the city of God. Well, I saw a little smile on her face when I said that. So I didn't think about it, Pastor Mark. Said, start trusting God with your salvation. Start trusting him with your life. Don't doubt him. John 20, verse 24, got my Bible? Jesus appears to Thomas, the doubter. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen Jesus. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hand, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas this time was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood amongst the people. He said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hand? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe, he said. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believe. 
when Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to the women at the garden and at the tomb. He had told them to go tell the disciples. And they ran and they told the disciples. And word got out quickly that Jesus was alive and everyone was excited. Everyone but one person. And that one person was Thomas. That one person that wasn't so excited. Everybody else was filled with joy. When the ladies ran from the tomb and they were screaming and shouting, he's alive. There was only one person shaking his head. I don't know. Can I say this to you? I see a lot of times. It is so good to see you guys. You know who I'm talking to. I ain't seen you in forever. I love y'all. Good to see y'all. Hallelujah. They were so excited. But there was one person that wasn't that excited. They shook their head. They doubted. He doubted. I see a lot of you shake your head from time to time. A lot of you shake your head from time to time. You get some bad news, you don't know if you're going to make it. You get a bad report. You don't know if you're going to make it. Car breaks down. You start to fear. You start to wonder, how am I going to get to work? Can I tell you something tonight? God loves you. And God ain't forgetting about you. I was thinking about it today as I was writing this message. When Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to the women in the garden at the tomb. He told them, go tell his disciples. Word got out quickly that Jesus was alive and everyone was excited. There was great joy amongst all the disciples except for one, and that one was Thomas. Thomas said, hey, wait a minute. I'm a believer. There's a lot of believers in this house tonight. But there's not a lot of believers in this house that believe that God can heal them. There's a lot of believers in this house tonight. But there's not a lot of believers in this house that believe that the Lord can do a miracle in their situation, whatever they're facing. There's a lot of believers in this house right here tonight. But they don't believe that God cares about them or their situation. You're on his mind, folks. You're on his mind tonight. I just want to give you comfort tonight. You're on his mind tonight. Your problems, your situations, your marriage, that addiction that you keep running back to, you're on his heart tonight. Thomas said, hey, wait a minute, guys. I'm a believer. I love Jesus. There's a lot of people in this house tonight, Mary, that love Jesus. There's no doubt. This is the most loving bunch I've ever been around. I tried to hug some folks yesterday, and they was like, Ooh, watch out there, huh? Don't get a little fresh. You get a little fresh. I just love Jesus. I love you. Let me give you a hug. There's a lot of people in this house tonight, they love Jesus, but they don't believe that Jesus loves them. They believe that they sin too much. They believe that what they did today or what they did last week, the Lord's mad at them. God loves you, and he's madly in love with you. How do I know that? Because he sent his one and only son to die for you. And no matter what you've done in the past or what you've done today, God's still madly in love with you. And by grace and his mercy, he's given you another chance to understand. Don't doubt his love tonight. Thomas said, hey, wait a minute, guys. I'm a believer. I love Jesus. I know he promised that he would come back. I understand those women said they saw him, but, but, too many of you use that word today, but, but unless I see, unless I touch, unless I get to put my hand in the holes in his hand, unless I get to touch his side where they pierced him for our transgression, unless I get to see 
and touch and feel and look at his forehead where they masked the crown of thorns. Unless, but unless I see, I'm not going to believe it. I come into this house tonight to ask you, what's it going to take for you to really get sold out tonight? For you to really believe in Jesus? What's it going to take? Is it going to take some catastrophic event in your life for you to really believe? Or can you believe tonight? The Bible says, and I just read it to you, Jesus told them, because you have seen me, you have believed, but blessed are those who have not seen me yet believe. I believe. I believe. I had an eye-opening experience with God, just like Paul. I was on a road. It wasn't the road to Damascus, but it was a road to hell. And I had an eye-opening experience. He showed me the ways of my sins and asked him to forgive me. He opened my eyes. I changed my life, and I believe. And I believe if he can save my soul from hell, he can save me and my wife and our marriage. He can save me and my son's relationship when sometimes I embark on the who I used to be instead of who I know I should be. I ain't always the dad I should be. Sometimes as a dad, I make mistakes. Sometimes I yell a little too much. Sometimes I, I push them a little too hard. Sometimes I have to hit my knees and ask my kids to forgive me because I'm still overcoming some of the triumphant things that my parents put me through. I, I, I was with someone the other day, and they say, Brother Mark, how do you punish your kids? I said, I whooped their butt. He said, both them boys are bigger than you. I said, but they don't know I won't whoop their butt still. We got back. We were on, you asked Mary. We was on our way back home from, from, uh, from Marshall this week. Dalton just covered two bulls, had a great weekend. He become reserve world champion bull rider this week. He went from the bottom to the top. We celebrated that. We were having a good time. And I guess he got tired. I guess he got cranky. And he got mouthy. And I said, boy, I will pull this truck over and whoop your championship behind on the side of the road. He said, no, you won't. Boy, I... he, daddy, I'm just playing, daddy, I'm just playing. I still do a reach around on him. I was with someone the other day. They said, how did you discipline your boys? I said, I, I made them mine. I put their nose on the wall at a restaurant. I had a roping. If they got out of line, I stuck their nose on that wall, and they didn't move, and they stayed there for 45 minutes. If they moved, I whooped their butts. I reared them up just like the Bible said to rear them up. I whooped my kids. They listened. They respect adults. They say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Hadn't always been perfect. But they know daddy loves them, and daddy's going to correct them. I said, how do you, how, I said, how, how do you discipline your kids? They said, I make them get on their knees in a quarter in a pan of, of rice. I said, that's not discipline, that's freaking torture. You see, that's what I went through, torture. And I have to overcome that torture, that abuse. I got pepper sprayed one time and locked in a closet. Don't know how long I was in that closet. Felt like years. I have to overcome that stuff. And sometimes overcoming who I used to be, there's a lot of apologies in my mouth that come flying. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to say that. Sorry, I didn't mean to think that. 
Sometimes I have to remove my whole self before myself gets in the way. I don't know if there's anybody here like that, but I'm still overcoming. And I'm still pressing on. I don't let my mistakes stop me. I don't doubt that God is real when I make a mistake. I doubt that God, I don't doubt that God will forgive me when I make a mistake. I don't doubt that God can save my soul. He can save my life. He can save my relationship with my boys. He can save my finances. He can save my house. He can save my church. He can save my ministry. He can save my relationship with that friend. God is in the restoration business. Don't doubt him tonight. Don't you doubt him tonight. No matter what you're up again, don't you doubt him tonight. Thomas said, hey, wait a minute, guys. I'm a believer. I love Jesus. I know he promised that he would come back to life. I understand that those women said they saw him, but unless I see him, I'm not going to believe. I want you to understand something tonight, that Thomas spent as much time with Jesus as all the other disciples did. And still, he chose not to believe. He chose to doubt. He's seen the miracles. He's seen, hey, Thomas was there when he fed 5,000. Thomas was there when the leopards show up and he'd heal from the leprosy. Thomas was there when he, he took the sand and he, and he spit on it and he put it on the guy's eyes and he opened his eyes and he could see for the first time in his life. Thomas was there. He touched Jesus. He felt Jesus. He hugged Jesus. He ate with Jesus. And he still didn't believe that he was alive. I know people have been coming to church all their life, and they still don't believe that he's alive today. He's alive today, folks. He's alive today. That 87-year-old preacher Got on a plane from Atlanta, Georgia, flew to Dayton, Texas. Because why? He believes that Jesus is alive and he was going to take care of him. We were in the bathroom together and I said, do you live by yourself or you somebody take care of you? So I take care of myself. God's taking care of that old man because he's taking care of his business for the Lord. Can I say this to you tonight? If you get into God's business in every area of your life, God's going to take care of every area of your life for you. But unless I see him with my own eyes, unless I feel the nail prints in his hands, unless I touch the scars in his side, I'm not going to believe. I want you to understand something, that Thomas spent as much time with Jesus as the other believers did. You might say that he grew up in church. In other words, he knew the scripture. He knew all the right answers. But deep down, he wanted to believe, but his mind was filled with so much doubt. Like you and I, a lot of times, we want to believe, but our mind gets filled up with so much worry and so much doubt. And I don't think anybody's excused from that tonight. If we be honest with the Lord, there are times where we worry, where we doubt, where we fear. Over our kids, over our husbands, when they leave the house. Over our own selves when we get a report from the doctor. Like you and I, there's a lot of times we want to believe, but our mind gets filled up with the what ifs and what if this don't happen or what if that don't come through or what if that don't show up. We start to doubt. A few days later, the disciples were gathering together when all of a sudden Jesus came walking through the door. Can I say this to you? 
the Lord can just come on in anytime you're ready for him tonight. And even when you're not ready, he's willing to come on in. They didn't know he was coming. He just showed up. Some of you here tonight at church for the first time, first time in your life. Somebody drug you here tonight. God showed up here tonight too. I already feel his presence. Deep down he wanted to believe, but in his mind it was filled with doubt. A few days later, the disciples were gathered together when all of a sudden Jesus came walking through the door. At first, they thought it was a ghost, but soon recognized that it was Jesus. What's interesting to me is his favorite was in that room. His favorite disciple, Peter, was in that room. Y'all know Peter was his favorite? He was. I'm telling you that. He loved Peter. Peter was his favorite. Peter denied him three times. Peter ran off like a chicken. Woo, I'm out of here. I got to go. Peter was his favorite. When he came through that door, when he walked in, they thought it was a ghost. What's interesting to me is that Jesus didn't go over to Peter and say, hello. He didn't go over to Matthew and say, give me a big hug, Matthew. He didn't go to John and say, hey, I'm back, baby. Good to see you. No, Jesus headed straight to Thomas so that he could remove all that doubt out of Thomas's life. What's it going to take for you to believe tonight? Jesus headed straight to Thomas. He didn't go out of his way to show himself to the other people. Why? Because the other people believed. Jesus is looking tonight for those in this church that don't believe. For those in this church that still doubt. Those in this church that still don't think that he can make a way. God's looking for you tonight. He's looking to show himself real to you tonight. Well, this year has been financially a struggle. Don't you think he knows? This year my health has just been up and down. Don't you think he knows? We're about to get a divorce. Don't you think he knows? I'm about to quit this thing. Don't you think he knows? Jesus headed straight towards Thomas. He didn't go out of his way to show himself to the people who had the most faith. Instead, he went right over to the one disciple who had the most doubt. There's a lot of skeptics in this world. Some of them come to this church. Some of them are here tonight. They're skeptical. Always finding something, some way. It's like abracadabra. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a scientist over here that can prove this, and there's a scientist over here that can prove that, and there's a scientist, and, and, and oh, that noise that you heard, it's because of those two tens were, there's always some skeptic trying to prove. We went and saw a movie a couple of weeks ago called Do You Believe? It was an outstanding movie, one of the best movies I've ever seen. And the guy had died on the operating table, and, 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 and he was dead for six or seven minutes. They had even wrote on the report. They had even wrote on the report. If you hadn't seen the movie, hey, pay me. <laughs> they even wrote on the report. He's dead. Doctor walked out of the room. He said there's not another chance in, that this man's ever going to come back. There's no sense even trying to hit him with the paddles. He's gone. He's dead. He's been dead a long time. I'll just ride it up. I'll call for the morgue to come get him. After about seven or eight minutes, it went, Beep! 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 
Just wanted to do that a couple more times. Beep! That was fun. That was fun. All of a sudden, the machine started working again. All of a sudden, he came back to life. All of a sudden, the nurse ran out of the room, who is now a believer to an unbeliever, and said, hey, he's alive. He said, how can that be? He said, there's no way possible. With God, all things are possible. Jesus took Thomas. He looked him in his eyes and he said, Thomas, I've heard what you said about me. I've heard you don't believe. Thomas, I heard you got questions. You have doubts. And you know what, Thomas? That's okay. That's why I came here tonight. Jesus didn't come for the other disciples. He came for Thomas. Jesus didn't come for the other people in this church tonight. He came for you. Not for anybody else but you. You know who he's talking to tonight. All your fears, all your worries, all those unanswered questions. You're, you're pacing the floor at night. You're holding on to your breast, checking for this and checking for that. You're walking around here. You're looking at all these bills piling up. You're fretting over this. You're fretting over that. Jesus came into this church tonight just for just for you because he loves you he cares about you he pushed everybody to side tonight and, and, and he came to check your heart he come to check you he come to let you know that he's real what do you believe tonight or you don't believe tonight is up to you I have learned this in my short little time with the Lord that one thing is true he is always there. Even when the report's not so good, he is there. Even when the circumstances are piling up against me, even when the walls are coming in, even when the water's coming above my head, I'm about to drown, he is always there. He came to Thomas and said, you have doubts? And you know what, Thomas, that's okay. I've come for you first. Go ahead and feel the nail prints in my hand. Touch the scars on my side. I want to assure you of this, Thomas. I'm a faithful God, and I will do what I have promised for you. I want you to know something today. That doubt don't drive away God. Doubt brings God into your life. You hear me tonight? He didn't talk to anybody else when he entered into that room. He went to the one who doubted because he wanted him to believe. He wanted him to see. <clears throat> I, I'm going to say this. I can preach to some till I'm blue in the face about staying out of trouble, staying off drugs, staying away from the wrong crowd. But some of them won't listen. They're going to find themselves in prison. They're going to find themselves locked up. They're going to find themselves all alone in a cold jail cell. And then Jesus is going to say, I'm right here. I've been here the whole time. 
I tried to warn you. I tried to warn you. I tried to tell you. You got to report that I was alive. You got to report that I was alive. And, and, and you still didn't believe. You still chose the drug. You still chose the party. You still chose to go down this road. Even though you've heard that I'm alive, you still chose to pace the floor. You still chose to worry. You still chose to, 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 to do all those things. But uh, now it's just me and you. You could imagine that scene in that room where everybody was there, but Thomas felt like it was just mano y mano. Jesus said, look, touch me. Touch right here. Touch right here. Touch my side. Rub your hand all over it, Thomas. Rub your hand all over it now. You believe now? I bet Thomas was crying as he was touching I bet Thomas, his eyes filled up with tears. Just like I do a lot of times when I doubt, when I worry, when I fear, and God comes through the room to save me, deliver me, and show me. And I sit there and I cry like, why didn't I believe in the first place? Why didn't I believe in the first place? Why in the world did I not just believe? Thomas was teared up. I'm going to tell you that right now. He didn't care who was in the room. He was crying like a baby. I believe it. Go ahead. Feel the nails. Touch the scar on my side. I want to assure you of this, Thomas. What did he want to assure him of? That he was a faithful God. That he was a God who did exactly what he said. He said, on the third day, I will rise again. He was a faithful God. He wanted to assure Thomas that he was a man that kept his promises. Today, know that your doubts don't drive away God. A few years ago, in this little church that you sat in tonight, there were times where we didn't know how we was going to make it. The offerings weren't what they are today. They were just barely enough to do one thing or the other. Pay the lights this month. Maybe have to skip the note this month. Maybe not pay the preacher this month. Maybe maybe get some cow feed this month, but maybe not be able to buy hay this month. There was a time just several years ago that we were in a situation where the tithes and offering, that just wasn't what we needed them to be. To, so we had to rely on brothers and sisters like you and, 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 and that would just believe in what we were doing. We'd get out there in that arena. Scott, wouldn't we, Scott? We'd get out there in that arena. We worked so hard to keep these lights on. Scott, amen. Are you with me, homie? Wave your hand up, Scott Phillips. You see me back there, boy. Don't make me bring you up here, cowboy. I will. We would work so hard. Because we believed in this ministry. The tithes and offering weren't where they are today. And we praise God for where they are today. Because we make it every month. It's not so strenuous on us every month. But a few years ago, we were in a situation where we didn't receive the offerings that were, could actually pay all the bills like we do now. And it took everyone's part, took everyone's effort to get out there and put on a rope in and put on a bull riding or come up here and tag a bunch of stuff for a garage sale just to try to make it. Anybody ever worked a garage sale at our church? Raise your hand. Man, we would just tag and tag and be up here day and night and hope we'd raise just enough money to keep the lights on one more day. I knew that God was in it, though, because everything we wanted to do, he always supplied just enough. I knew that God was in it 
Because every time we wanted to do something, we'd have just enough help. We'd have just enough, just enough resources to make it happen. That's how I knew God that was in it. And that's why I stayed all these years. That's why I kept going because every time we tried to do something, miraculously, miraculously, it would just show up resources out of nowhere, things out of, out, of, out, of, out of nowhere. We would be so, so wondering and worrying, but we'd be trusting and we'd be trying. And God saw our faithfulness and he would just bless us. When we first started bucking bulls, we'd go to the cell barn on Saturday morning and we'd buy two or three thousand dollars worth of bulls and we didn't have no money in the bank and we'd buck those bulls that night and then Monday morning I'd carry them over to Raywood and I'd sell them in Raywood and I'd wait on the check and I'd run that check back over to the bank to cover the one I just wrote. God saw that we were faithful. We were baptizing kids left and right. Families were getting saved. People was joining our church. Those were the good old days, I guess you could say. God was always in our business. He was always there. And I would just worry sometimes and fret. We'd all would. Been with me a while. You know what I'm talking about. I remember when we decided we was going to do our first Christmas play. God had laid it on my heart to do our first Christmas play. And I began to wonder, how are we going to make all this happen? We want an angel to do what? Slide down a, a zip line. Where are we going to get a zip line? Brother Ray said, I got one in my backyard. How are we going to build this? Someone said, I can build that. Someone said, I said, how are we going to do this? And Brother Joe and Brother Victor and the rest of the guys said, we can do this. I said, well, we need a Lord's Supper table. And someone said, I got a picture of it up in my attic. Let me go get it. And another person said, I said, well, we need a risen Savior. And, and, and Brother Richard Sells said, I'll climb up there and I'll talk to people. We had animals. We went to cell barn. We bought animals. We had Pedro. And Pedro would be like, we had a. We had a plan. We had a plan. We had excitement. We had faith. But one thing we lacked was costumes. Where are we going to get costumes? How in the world are we going to pull this off? I started to doubt. I got into a magazine called Oriental Trading Company. It's for churches. We get them all the time. It's got all kinds of stuff in there. And I got this magazine, and they had all these costumes, and they were about $15 a piece. And I said, we got $15 a piece. We got 100 actors. That's $15, $15 a piece. $100, 100 actors. That's $1,500 I need. There's no way that I can buy all these costumes and have them here in time for this Christmas play and raise the money and do a garage sale and do a roping to make this happen. God, I don't know how we're going to pull this off. And, and I looked at the order form and it said four to six weeks. We had two weeks. We had a plan, we had a prayer, but we didn't have no costumes. Oh, man. I said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I started calling around, seeing if this church had anything or this church had anything. No, we don't have anything like that. We don't have anything like that. I called over to another church, First Baptist to Conroe. I said, y'all have any costumes by chance? Y'all ever do any Christmas plays or anything like that? He said, oh, man, we used to do a big one, Brother Mark, but we don't do it anymore. It just takes up too much time, and the people just don't want to do it. I said, what do you do with those costumes? He said, man, there's a hundreds and hundreds of costumes up in the attic. If you want them, come get what you want. I said, do what? 
He said, brother, there's hundreds of costumes up there. Man, I jumped in my truck. I made a beeline. I can't remember who was with me. We ran up them stairs. We opened up this door. There was costumes everywhere. I said, get everything. Get everything. We came back, man. We had costumes for kids. We had an angel costume. We had, we had Roman soldier stuff. We, we, we was doing, man, God was there even when I was doubting how he's going to make our first Christmas play. God is still there today. You see, even though the resources are getting better, the numbers are getting larger. The church is growing. We have more needs because we're larger now. But God is still on the throne. He said to me, Mark, don't doubt me. I'll take care of you. Whatever you're going through tonight, God says, don't doubt me. I'll take care of you. I've got you. I love you. I know every hair on your head. I care about everything you care about. It took so much effort on everybody's part. But when God showed up with those Christmas play costumes, I said, God, you can show up with anything. If he would supply my needs for some costumes, wouldn't he supply my needs and your needs for every day? I know those that have been out of job for a while. God opened up a door. Now they got a great job. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't have a job and you knocked on door, sent resumes. You, you don't know when a great job's coming. You've had to settle to work over here and settle for that. Man, don't settle. Keep praying. Keep believing. Don't doubt my God because he's alive. God is so merciful that those that doubt can actually draw us to him. He loves us so much and will do whatever it takes to reveal himself to us. When we go through things we don't understand, God doesn't expect us to be superhuman. He just wants us to keep looking for him to come in. That's what I've decided to do. Instead of doubt and worry, just look for him. Because he's coming. He's coming. Who believes he's coming again? He's coming again. He's coming. When we go through things that we don't understand, God doesn't expect us to be superhuman. He just wants us to keep looking for him. He wants us to keep the door of our hearts open. Thomas was open. He wanted the truth and he wanted to find out for himself. And God revealed himself. Today, know that it doesn't matter if you have doubt. It doesn't matter if you have questions. Because God looks beyond our doubts. And he sees our hearts. I always say this. My God supplies my needs, but he don't always give me what I want. Because I'm not ready to receive what I need. Or what I think I need. He is faithful Stay open and keep looking for him every day in your life. And he'll reveal himself to you every day in your life. Mark 9, 24 says this. I do believe he helped me overcome my unbeliefs. God will help you overcome your unbeliefs tonight. For you skeptics that are here tonight. Doubting Thomas was a real man. One of the 12 disciples.
just like you're real tonight. And if God revealed himself to him, he's going to reveal in your situation tonight. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much, Father, for those Christmas costumes. Oh, we take care of them. We get them back from everybody. We put them in tubs. We lock them up. We, we keep them safe all year long. Because why? Because we get to tell somebody that you're real again. Our Christmas, our miracle of Christmas play that we do, and those costumes, we get to put them on over and over again. I never get unexcited about our Christmas play because it tells the whole story from the miracle birth of Jesus Christ to the resurrection of Jesus Christ to he's coming back again. He's real tonight, my brothers and sisters. And you're on his mind tonight. Whatever you have a heavy heart about, whatever that doctor said, take it to Jesus. Whatever the bank account looks like tonight, take it to Jesus. Your relationship, take it to Jesus. He says in his word, bring your burdens, your heavy burdens, and I'll take those burdens from you, and I'll give you rest. Lord, we thank you for this night. We thank you that we could come in here and learn from Thomas tonight that you are real. And blessed are those who believe who have not seen tonight but can testify that the Lord is real. Lord, bless our children, bless our family, bless our health, bless our church tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen.